What's up, boys and girls? Welcome to another episode of Walk on Wisdom, episode 25. Um, Connor and I and Jeremy got a nice little workout in this morning and we got pumped up and uh, wanted to come here and film another episode. Just got back from Indianapolis last week with um, Hiatus. We announced Hiatus Tequila, my investment and ownership in Hiatus Tequila. So we went to Indy. It was our first stop and uh, saw hundreds and hundreds of people and numerous of them, numerous of you guys, uh, really had some really great things about to say about the value that we're bringing via walk on wisdom. Um, so it's, um, it's awesome for me. It's fun for me. This is very much a passion project. As you guys know, there's not a ton of ads and all those kind of things, but today we'll talk to you about hiatus tequila a little bit in an ad. Um, but we are not being paid for that. Obviously it's just a, a ownership of mine now. So, um, we do this very much to serve you guys. Um, if this episode, as we always say, like this episode, share it, leave a leave a um, a review and send it to people and also make sure you help people to realize, because I did talk to numerous people who loved the show. They've listened to all the episodes, all 24 prior to this, and they haven't sent in their questions yet. And there's, there's no, uh, no judgment and definitely no uh, pressure to put in your own questions, but that's how we start conversations. That's how we get deeper into conversations by sending in uh, your questions. So send those into podcast at michaelchandler.com, share with, share with your friends and let them know that they can do it. And uh, we'll get right into it. But ultimately um, I bring that up because yeah, it seems as though everywhere I go around the country, people are talking about the value that they're getting from these episodes and it's, and it's valuable for us. Me and Connor sitting here, we, uh, we record them and we don't know, you know, we have analytics obviously, but you never quite know the impact that you're making. So I love the the kind words that people are spreading toward us and the validation that we are hopefully making an impact in y'all's lives. So episode 25, we start off with Zachary. Dear Michael, I'm a massive fan of yours. Thank you for your holy sh- moments and fireworks you produce in that octagon. I have a burning question to ask you. During your fights, is there something you think about when you get knocked down? It, it's fascinating how you're able to take those shots and continue to come back swinging, particularly in the Gaethje fight. Is it your kids, your wife, your God? What is your secret to standing back up after taking a fight-ending blow? I think the viewers would benefit greatly from knowing you overcome adversity in that cage when you're when you're right on the limit. Sincerely, Zachary. Um, Zachary, it's a good it's a good question because from the outside looking in, you must see it and think there is something tangible um, in the moment that is driving me to get back up when I've been knocked down to to continue fighting when I have when a guy has gotten the better of me in an exchange to to get knocked down you know he, even in that Gaethje fight he brings up you know getting knocked down um took a hard uppercut from Gaethje rocked my head you can see the impact I fall straight back on my butt and uh, Gaethje gets on top of me and five seconds later I'm looking to my right I believe I'm looking to my right and the camera pans over to me and I'm smiling blood is gushing from my lips and my nose I think I have a cut on my eye at that point and I'm smiling and it looks like I'm really enjoying the carnage, enjoying the violence. And there's definitely, um, a God given ability, a God given yearning and, and calling for me to be inside of that cage, inside of the violence, inside of the, the tumultuous thing that we call mixed martial arts and being at peace in the midst, being at peace with it, almost relishing it, almost enjoying it. But, 
it's not just those 15 minutes, those 25 minutes, those five minutes, or however long those minutes last inside of the cage. It's the day in and day out building of the human that I am that I believe shines in those big moments. Because at your greatest moment of opportunity or at your darkest hour, when the deck is stacked against you or when you've had massive success or or when you're going through something where when you're really deep in the valleys, in the suck, in the, in the mud, in the muck of the events of life, it's what you've done prior to. It's the preparation you've had prior to. It's the prerequisites that you've stacked on top of each other that will then carry you into your greatest moment of opportunity or your darkest hour to be able to answer the question, am I enough? And I think it all goes back to, and that's the over overarching theme of what we do here. And when we talk about, um, when we do these walk-on wisdoms and, we, and, we, and I'm answering these questions, it always goes back to self-image. Who are you? What do you stand for? How resilient have you made yourself? Because I believe that God has made you so much more resilient than you think you are. I believe God created you for so much more than you've accomplished right now. And he's, and he's put something inside of you and instilled something inside of you a greatness that you have not even come close to tapping into. And I say that about myself. I say that about the most successful person I know and the most successful person that you know, they're still just scratching the surface. They are always in pursuit. They are always continuing to be on a forward trajectory, a higher trajectory to find a better version of themselves if today I win the day. I've brought Drew Brees up on this podcast before. He's a friend of mine and Every time we talk, there's always this overarching theme of, man, you've won Super Bowls and man, you're, you're a Hall of Famer and man, you're, you're this guy, you're Drew Brees. But what he always instilled in his team, whether they're a rookie or they're in their first day or they're a guy who's a 15-year vet of the NFL, the, the black and white simple truth is we have to win the day. If we win today, then we stack today on top of winning tomorrow. And we stack winning today and tomorrow on top of the next day and the next day before you know it, you have a week of wins. Not being perfect, but you have a week of success. And then you have two weeks of success. Before you know it, you have a month of success. Before you know it, you have a quarter of a year of success and then a year of success and you stack those on top of each other. So I say that because to Zachary's question, man, what keeps driving you in those moments? I have just pushed myself outside of my comfort zone so much in my thing. What you guys see me doing on a day-to-day basis to me isn't that hard because I have continued to condition myself to find more and more levels. And I've, I've made friends with discomfort and I've made friends with hard. I've made friends with, with outside of my comfort zone. And that's why I talk about seeing the blessings and the, the abilities that God has given every single one of us. And I can say that looking into this camera talking to you who I've never met before, knowing that you have greatness inside of you, if you will, day in and day out, find ways to add layers to your human. And that doesn't have to be in the gym. It doesn't have to be fighting in a cage. It doesn't have to be uh, all the things that I'm doing. My life is, is specific to what I'm doing, but yours is just as significant and just as important. And you, pe- you play an integral and important role in this human race in this human existence. Um, so I think as I've just continued to mature and as I've gone through numerous trials, as I, as, as I, as I've gone through tough fights, 
um, tough events in my life, they've always worked out fine. They've always worked out for my better. One closed door, closed door led to an open door that was then even more massive, even more blissful, even more satisfying than the closed door that I thought uh, I wanted to be open. Garth Brooks said, sometimes you thank God for unanswered prayers. And I know it sounds cliche, but it is true. So anything that you're going through, know that this too shall pass and the sun will, will really rise again tomorrow and you get a new day to become a new creation to then add layers to your human. And from the physical standpoint, as, as Zach brings up, is it my kids, my wife, my God? I think it is all three of those. And I think those are the three most important things in my life. And, and obviously my kids, they are, they are a extra, extra set of motivation for me. My wife, the promises I made to her, I've brought that up on this, on this podcast too. It's, it's after almost 10 years of marriage, it's very easy to say, well, I'm doing a pretty dang good job. You married a pretty dang good dude and I'm doing pretty pretty darn good, but I still made promises to have and to hold in sickness and health, to, to inspire and to respond, um, to always choose her. Um, those are promises that I made back before we had kids, back before I was in the UFC, back before I became, you know, what I am today. And those questions are still, or the, those, those promises are still just as important today as they were 10 years ago when we made those vows. Um, and then the third thing Zach brought up is my God. And yeah, it's, it's my faith and my platform. And it's not necessarily, you guys don't hear me talk about my faith a lot. Honestly, I see this more as a, as an intimate talk about my faith more um, scenario, because one of my favorite quotes about faith, not just Christianity. I mean, I imagine if you're of, of a, a different faith than Christianity, it rings true. And one of my favorite kind of notions and quotes is preach the gospel at all times, but when necessary, use words. So I don't need to be talking about God all the time. I don't need to be talking about my faith all the time. Let my actions speak louder than my words and let you or anybody else, the onlookers, get a feeling about how I operate, how I live my life. Um, and once again, you know, I'm not that public about my faith, even though often people do say, hey, I really, really appreciate how open you are about your faith. And I'm unashamed of, of my faith and, and, and talking about my faith. But I talk about a lot more here in these intimate scenarios with you guys, whether you're in your car, or whether you're listening while you're cleaning the house, or you're at work, or you're working on something, or you're working out, whatever it might be. But um, it is those three things, my kids, my wife, my God, my platform. And it is definitely tied to spreading uh, the good news and spreading the gospel, but also being thankful for the platform that he has given me, the platform that I have been given to to make people feel something, to reach to reach so many people, so many more people than I ever thought. So um, one of my quotes that I live by is to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gifts. And I've been truly, truly gifted and blessed with so many amazing things. So for me not to work hard is a slap in the face. Um, to my creator, to to not to to cut corners, to not operate with integrity, to not try my hardest, is um, to bastardize those blessings that I've been given. So, um, Zachary, I hope that helps you, and hopefully that spoke to anybody else who um, listened as well. So, next question comes from Jack. 
Hi, Michael. Jack here. I was wondering how you would tackle self-worth. I am a goal-oriented and driven person, but struggle with self-worth because I haven't reached the goals that I have set set yet and hold myself to a high standard. How would you go about being less harsh on yourself? I'm chipping away at my goals and it's not like I'm stagnant or being lazy. I'm just not where I want to be yet. And with that comes thinking of myself in a lower regard than reality is. I have good and bad moments with this. Thanks, Mike. See you at the top. Top. Um, Man, Jack, it's it's a great question because I think anyone who is trying to accomplish anything, anybody who sees, anybody who has a deep yearning for wanting to create something with their life, uh, there's always going to be moments of, I'm not doing enough. I'm not the man or the woman that I, that I want to be yet. I'm not where I want to be in my life because of X, Y, and Z. By the time I was 20, I wanted to be here. By the time I was 30, I wanted to be here. When I was in my teens and I looked at the 40-year-olds, I thought they all had it figured out. When I was in my teens and I looked at the 30-year-olds, I thought they all had it figured out. And in in this world that we live in now, the comparison game is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. And with these phones that we have, with the social media that we have, with the with the technology and the the connection that we have to so many people, um, whether we know them or do not know them, it's so easy to get caught up in the comparison game. And I would I'm not, I wouldn't even I would even venture to say that me being on this podcast right now, speaking to you guys with certain things that I've said could also well up insecurities and some people saying, man, I wish I, you know, he talked about this on episode three and I listened to it on episode three and here we are episode 25 and I still haven't fixed that one thing about me or I still haven't gotten better at this. I still haven't grown in this area of my life. And that's, that's where we can get caught up in the perfection game. You're not perfect. You weren't created to be perfect. And if you strive for per- perfection, it's only going to lead to pain. I had to go through this early in my career. I started out as a obviously undefeated mixed martial artist because I didn't have any fights yet. And then went 1-0, 2-0, 3-0, all the way to 12-0. And I put this crazy immense amount of pressure on me, on myself to be perfect, to be I had this quest to become the number one fighter in the world. I had this quest. I had just beaten Eddie Alvarez. I'm ranked top three, top five in the world. I'm the Bellator champion. Everyone's talking about me as the new kid on the block, the the uh, the next big thing in mixed martial arts. And I added this crazy amount of perfect perfection pressure on myself. So every single day, instead of looking at it as an opportunity to learn and an opportunity to be successful, if I didn't have a perfect round or I didn't win every single round or I didn't hit throw every combination perfectly or I got taken down in a practice or I didn't get a takedown or I wasn't able to get a certain takedown in practice, if I wasn't able to absolutely dominate the guys that I was supposed to be dominating dominating in, in practice, if I, wasn't, if I wasn't hanging with the guys that were a little bit better than me um, but I didn't do as good as I wanted to, all of a sudden that day became a failure. That practice became a failure when really it wasn't a failure at all. I was successful at getting better at the sport of mixed martial arts and adding layers to my human and adding skills and attributes to myself, but it wasn't perfect because of that little bitty thing that happened in this round, or I didn't, I didn't do this against this guy in this round. And I say that anecdotally to talk about my journey as a mixed martial artist, but you're probably doing the same exact thing. You wake up in the morning, Maybe you're feeling good about the day and you have nine out of 10 things that go phenomenally, but it was that one thing that you get hung up on and say, dang, well, 
yeah, I did all of these things correctly. I, I nailed this meeting. I nailed this proposal. I added layers to myself by doing this. I I grew in this area, but that one thing that I that was kind of subpar and it wasn't perfect, that, that just negates all of the success that I had throughout the day. That negates the the worth that I should put in the other nine things that I got done that day. Um, so Jack, all you're, all you're dealing with is what a lot of us are dealing with. And it's indicative of a person who wants to make an impact or what, or has a yearning to become the best version of themselves. Um, being blissfully dissatisfied. Ed Milet calls it blissful dissatisfaction. And I've talked to him, him about it, where there's that fine line between lazy content. I've done enough. I'm resting on my laurels of what I've created in the past. and the fine line between, but I am proud of what I've created. I'm not where I want to be today, but I sure am getting better. I haven't reached all my goals yet, but I sure have checked off a lot of boxes more than I thought I would at this point. And as Jack says, I'm not stagnant. I'm not being lazy. I'm working. I just don't know. Um, I'm just not where I want to be yet. And that's fine. That's par for the course. If you had no goals and you were not motivated and you, and you were lazy and you didn't deserve success. Um, if you didn't deserve the, the person that you want to become, if you didn't deserve to be that person, yeah, I mean, you probably wouldn't have the, the yearning to become better and you wouldn't be as hard on yourself as you are. Um, and as you said, I've had good moments and bad moments with this and that's par for the course as well. At some point, just acknowledging the fact that you are human, um, Feeling these emotions, feeling these things is to be human. It's part of the human condition. Anybody who has set out to create anything above average with their life uh, is going to be going through these exact same things that you're going through. So in summation, Jack, focus on success, not perfection. Uh, Know that if I keep building this life brick by boring brick, if I keep working hard and I operate with integrity, because I, I believe integrity is the most important thing that you can have, being of good character, of good reputation, that's the most, I think that is the most important thing that we don't focus on enough. We act like, well, the hard work is enough, or the the reps and the sets is enough, or the connections is, is enough. But it's knowing when you lay your head on the pillow at night, did I operate with integrity today? Was I a little bit of a shyster in this area? Did I cut corners in this area? Did I get over on a person in this area? Because those things ultimately chip away at your soul and they chip away at your self-image. And I'm not saying, Jack, that that's you at all, but there's probably someone out there listening right now saying, you know what? I am cutting corners or I am, I am saying I want to be this, yet I'm operating like this and it's chipping away at my self-image. A man or a woman will never be able to consistently perform in a manner that is inconsistent with the way that he or she sees himself he or she sees themselves. You'll never be able to consistently perform in a manner that's inconsistent with how you see yourself. So you could do all the right things, but if you're not operating with integrity and not operating with character, without operating as a person that that someone else should be able to rely on, then ultimately it's going to chip away your self-image. But Jack, show yourself some grace, man. And anybody else listening right now, and I'm also talking to myself, Michael, Show yourself some grace. Um, I'm trying to get better at it. Um, it is a day by day struggle. 
Because anybody who wants to set out to do anything spectacular in life or remarkable in life, they will hold themselves to a high standard and they will be the hardest on themselves. Um, so I encourage anybody, show yourself some grace, focus on success, not perfection, and operate with integrity and surround yourself with the best people possible and good things will eventually happen. All the hard work eventually pays off. You just have to still be standing there pursuing it when it does. Jack, thank you for the question. What you are going through is like what I'm going through, what is like what is just like what millions and millions of other people are going through. Focus on success, not perfection. Just by asking that question, just by opening up the door, Jack, you have opened up something inside of you. Um, the admission of I want to be better and watch things start to work out more and more for you. So great question. Next question comes from John. Hi, Michael. A couple of questions. I'm a 23-year-old who struggles with social isolation and extreme loneliness. A lot of this has to do with trauma before I was adopted at the age of eight. This problem has reared its ugly head when I was in high school and had flings with girls who had very big social nets, and I had almost none in comparison, so this was a naturally a turnoff for them. People I knew would always be doing fun things with their with their friend groups, and I was always the guy who was at home alone on the weekends. In fact, it's gotten even worse since I've graduated. Even when I go out with coworkers, there's always this inescapable feeling that I am still isolated and all alone in the world, and it gets so bad that I start thinking to myself, well, I might as well not be here anymore. But I keep fighting anyways. What advice would you give in a situation like this? My second question is, I was wanting to learn how to fight and wanted to start with wrestling before I transitioned to the stand-up game, before I can find any wrestling clubs for adults in my area, Middle Tennessee, and was considering training at, you, at an MMA gym. I've heard you mention in a previous video that most of these guys at these gyms don't know how to wrestle, or should I, should I instead start with BJJ or judo? You're my favorite fighter, and I hope to get the 155 belt before it's all said and done. God bless you and your family and see you at the top. John. Um, well, I'll answer your second question first because it is going to be uh, easier to unpack. John, definitely uh, you say you live in Middle Tennessee. I live in Middle Tennessee. I have a gym called Nashville MMA here in town. Uh, we have a great group of guys and gals, a ton of black belts, uh, high-level striking coaches, a few pro fighters, a lot of amateur fighters. And it's the best MMA gym in town. Um, so go there, train there, get into the practices, um, start with BJJ and wrestling, and then do a little bit of striking and then see which one you really, really start gravitating to. That is that is one of the things about a combat sports, mixed martial arts, grappling journey um, that is similar to life. Dabble in a few different things. See what see what makes you tick. See what see what you like. See what you're good at. That's part of it too. You're not going to be great at all of them. Um, I'm never going to be as good of a striker as I am a wrestler because wrestling was ingrained in me. I will always be a better wrestler um, than I am a striker, and that and it's that kind of self awareness that you need to have. So dabble in all the different disciplines. Get with our great coaches. Get with get in our get in our groups and find that sense of community. Um, so it works out well that you're here in Middle Tennessee because I can, I can vouch for Nashville MMA at 1504 Elm Hill Pike. Um, it is a good group of people, and I don't say that to try to sell this, sell you a gym membership or anybody else who's listening. Wow, he's just trying to sell himself a gym membership. But the answer to that first question goes into that second question. 
there or yeah, that second question about isolation, about um, a little bit of social self-worth um, or lack thereof. God created us for community. He created, created us for relationships. He created us to be around other people. And he created John um, in his image and through a series of events in his life, um, different traumas that he talked about, struggling with isolation and loneliness because he was um, trauma before he was, when he was adopted at eight. Life happens and life leaves scars and life adds traumas and different layers um, and different viewpoints and different um, lenses that we see things through. I would venture to say that John is probably wrong in a lot of ways. The enemy, the inner me, um, is telling him when I'm in this social scenario, these guys don't want me to, these people don't want me to be here, or I'm not accepted as much as I, as I would. And I'm not calling John out here. I'm talking to myself as well. I have lied. That little guy from that little town was taught to do little things. My lack of self-worth, my, my self-deprecating thoughts, my thoughts of, I am not good enough. I don't deserve this. I don't deserve to be here. That little guy from that little town, the enemy, the inner me has been lying to me my entire life. And at 37 years old, with all of the success that I've had and the life that you guys are able to come see where you're or be where you're at and look at my life and see how I'm flourishing and how I live my life and how happy I look and seem, I'm still battling that enemy, that inner me every single day. And John, you're being lied to by that story that was told back when you were one years old two years old, three years old, and all of these different little traumas that we've had to go through. And we all have them. It is to be human. We live in a fallen world where we're going to be let down, where we're going to be taken advantage of, where we are going to be made fun of and cast aside. And we are going to feel pain. And those are all legitimate things. But all of those things are just stories and traumas of our past that can be worked through and seen through to become the man or woman that you were created to be. Um, John and anybody else who struggles with social isolation and extreme loneliness, um, you were created to be around people and you are worthy of relationships. You are worth it. You are valuable. You are uniquely you. And you have a vital role to play in every single day, every single scenario, every single group, every single thing that you are involved in, you have a vital role. And I'm talking to John right now because he sent, he sent in the question. And I'm also talking to anybody else out there right now who, who has this going on in their life or they have somebody who is, who is going through or has this kind of demeanor. I'm speaking to myself as well. The enemy is going to keep on trying to beat you down to your knees as long as you will let it. And it's through work on yourself, work on your human, work on your mental capacity, your emotional capacity, your spiritual capacity. And there is a, a large amount of physical, surface level, success oriented creation of things that we can then do our hard work to then get the reward that will then make us happy. And money's not going to make you happy and the success isn't going to make you happy. And all of these different accolades aren't going to make you 
happy by itself, but it is a byproduct of going down a path, working toward a goal, and then seeing a goal come to fruition. Um, but the most important work that you can do when it comes to social isolation, loneliness, um, now John being 23 years old and now graduated, feeling alone, feeling out of place, feeling, feeling as though you don't have as much worth as you truly do, or I know that you do, or the people around you know that you do, um, you're going through something that is exactly where the enemy wants you to be. You're going through a, a place where, and a, a constant stinking thinking of, I don't deserve to be here around these people, whether it's, whether it's a friend group or whether it's a work group or whether it's a, um, like you said, your coworkers, the inescapable feeling of isolated and alone. And, and, and you start to think to yourself, well, I just might as well not be here anymore, but you should fight that urge fight the fight the inner the inner dialogue that becomes repetitive our thoughts are like a seed and whether it's a good seed or a bad seed it cannot not bear fruit it's going to bear fruit our thoughts become our actions and our actions become our life um so do the work on yourself journal write things down Look back on scenarios on a day-to-day basis where you felt like you weren't enough. You felt like you didn't belong. You felt like you weren't an integral part of the ecosystem of the the little vacuum that you were in, whether it be out with coworkers or whether it be at at work, um, whether it be at the gym, whether it be anywhere. Look back and take stock in those thoughts. Guard your mind from those thoughts and and start to acknowledge those thoughts and realize, wait a second, is this the truth or is this a lie? Is this actual reality or is this just some made up fantasy of an old story that I told myself when I was 12 years old and I've been living this story since I was eight years old or 12 years old that I'm still carrying with me at 23 years old? And yeah, John, I'm talking to you, but I'm also talking to myself. I'm st- I am still trying to change the story of little 10-year-old Michael Chandler from High Ridge, Missouri, who still brings those lies and those stories back into my day-to-day life as a 37-year-old who is light years ahead of where I was back then or where, and light years ahead of where I thought I would be. Part of me says I'm not even supposed to be here. Part of me, part of me, you know, tells myself that, uh, what I've accomplished is, you know, not, not where I was ever supposed to be, where I was ever this road that I was ever supposed to go down. So once again, showing yourself the grace to realize that that is to be human. Every single person that you look up to, the person that you look at on social media, or they're in your life and you see the successes that they have, or you, you say, man, I would trade places with that person in an instance, whether it's the, the amount of fame that they have, the amount of success that they have, the amount of money that they have, the family that they have, the kids, the wife, the, whatever it may be, whoever they are, whatever they've accomplished, they still deal with moments where they don't feel like they are enough moments where they, where they don't feel like they deserve to be where they're at. So 
to feel that is to be human. It's part of the human condition. But we can stave it off as long as possible. We can we can start to make those those instance, instances happen less and less by working on ourselves, journaling, reading, surrounding ourselves with the best people possible. Because ultimately, force yourself into community and relationship with with other people. If that's the way God created us, if that's the way we are designed, that's the way our heart pumps and our DNA is, then we must seek those things out. Um, so John, best of luck with that. Um, I will leave you with this. You are worthy. You do deserve to be around people. You are an integral, integral and vital part of your generation, a vital part of your organization, a vital part of your friend group. And you do have a role to play in this big thing that we call life. But thank you for opening up. And yes, get into the gym here in uh, Nashville, Nashville MMA, and get around people. That's a quick way to pursue a passion, have fun, get in shape, increase your self-worth, and also be around people. Next question comes from Craig. Hello, Mr. Chandler. My name is Craig. I'm 17 years old from Colorado. It is such a blessing from the Lord that you were put on this earth and in, in, in this position to inspire and deliver wisdom into so many people's hearts. I love everything you stand for as a man and as a Christian. I love watching you fight as well. I love the electricity within each and every one of your fights. I just finished junior year of high school and had to miss all of this last season, uh, this last baseball season due to a partial tearing of my UCL in my elbow. This killed me as I know that I am the hardest working person on the team and I was more than excited to prove this this season. I also had to miss out on jujitsu, which I just began left as a three stripe white belt. I have been grinding extremely hard on everything that I possibly can without using my right arm. And I will continue to do so for the next nine months of rehab. I have also joined an adult discipleship group in order to improve myself as a Christian as well. I am determined to come back better. I am also determined to be a leader for my senior season. And I know that will require loads of confidence. However, I do I do not want to see to be seen as cocky, and I am not exactly sure how to find the healthy medium of the two. And would appreciate if you could shed some light on the correct way to act. I want to be a great leader, but I don't want to be seen as an arrogant jerk. Couldn't appreciate you more taking the time to read this, and I am praying for you and wishing you luck on your upcoming fight. God bless, Craig. Man, that's uh. Man, what a what a good question. Because I I love this because I have struggled with exactly what Craig has struggled with. Um in the second part of this uh thing. So let's let's unpack it a little bit. Uh he's 17 years old, so he's a young man. He missed his uh junior year. Uh yeah, just finished junior year. He's coming back for another year, baseball and jujitsu. Um, coming back from an injury. So the biggest thing that I would say here. The question is, he's coming back um, and he's determined to be a leader for his senior season. However, he doesn't want to be seen as cocky. How do you find that healthy medium? And I love this question because I have dealt with the exact same thing. I, oh man, and it's tough too because I think, uh, I think self-worth and leadership sometimes go hand in hand and sometimes they are 
there's a cognitive dissonance between the two. So cognitive dissonance means that your view and your belief about something doesn't match up with reality. So Craig, do you see yourself as a leader? He has said it. He has said that here. He sees himself as a leader, but he wants to be a leader without coming off cocky. And I love that he's in sports. I do believe that sports teaches teaches in insurmountable lessons to children, to young, to young men and women, to um, even myself as a as an adult, a professional athlete. I'm still learning things day by day because of sports. And I love the dichotomy of sports. There's leaders, there's leaders, there's in high school, there's the freshmen, and then there's the seniors, there's the team captains, then there's the, the bench riders, there's the team manager, the guy, the guy or guy the, in college, there was the, the four-time state champ on a full ride. And then there was me, the little old walk-on who nobody, nobody knew who I was and nobody talked to me. And I was, I was kind of cast aside. So in that, it doesn't mean that the four the four year um, high school state champion on the full ride is going to end up becoming more successful than the little old walk on like me because truthfully I think there were sixteen guys in my class and I became probably the second most successful out of all of them and I was just a little walk on who wasn't even a state champion so I don't say that to impress you I say that to impress upon you that it doesn't matter where you start it only matters where you finish and when it comes to leadership once again. In college for me, I went from walk-on to starter to team captain within a three-year period. So it doesn't matter where you start. It matters what you do day in and day out, brick by boring brick. And becoming a leader for me was always leading by example. If I, you know, um, Craig brought up in the very beginning, uh, he's the hardest working guy on the team. And if that is true, Craig, and that really is accurate, then you deserve to be able to speak up as A, a senior on the team, and B, a guy who leads by example. If you are leading by example, if you lead by example, not just in what you do on the baseball field, but what you do off of the baseball field, outside of the practices, are you a guy that deserves to be followed? That is the most important question. And it doesn't mean that you have to have to and you have to be the the passing of the guard and say okay now I'm I'm a guy who deserves to be to be a leader so therefore I'm going to bark orders at everybody else that never felt that never felt uh comfortable for me I never wanted to be a guy who told everybody what to do there was times where I would come down on guys and and say hey dude you're you're messing up showed up late to practice or hey your your grades aren't good or hey you're you're slacking here you're slacking there hey you get your weight under control but for the most part i just led by example there are leaders who lead from the front and they just expect everybody else to to rise to the level that they are and if they don't who cares the 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 grind the sport the the process will take care of them that's kind of how i've always been i've i've looked at it sports like it is there there's this there's this spirit there is this this thing bigger than just the x's and those and just the wrestling matches or just the baseball games there's this thing called the process there's this thing called the grind and it's going to churn people up, out and spit them out if they don't do the right things so if you truly care about somebody and you think they have a lot of potential or you see them going down the wrong road, yeah, maybe it's okay to help them correct, help correct themselves. Um, but I always just thought the grind and the process was going to end up chewing them up and spitting them out. And 
Someday they're going to look back and say, man, I wish I would have put a little bit more time and effort and energy into it. I wish I would have saw what Chandler was doing and followed in his footsteps, but instead I did what the other guys were doing. Had a lot of fun, got a lot of memories, got the t-shirt to prove it and uh, had a great, great experience, but I didn't get that all American honors. I didn't get that, that, that medal. I didn't get that accolade. I didn't get that scholarship. I didn't get that insert insert uh accomplishment here um so i was always a guy who was a little bit less vocal and a lot more do as i say or sorry uh do as i do kind of guy um so for craig finding that balance is not easy um because i think as i as i started to mature and as i started to grow um you know one of my favorite quotes I don't remember if it's Marianne Williamson or, or Nelson Mandela, or if it was that one guy from that one movie, that little basketball movie where, where they, they gave the quote and they talked about, don't be afraid to let your own light shine so that others don't feel insecure around you. It is our, you know, our greatest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our greatest fear is that we are powerful beyond belief. Um, ask yourself, who am I not to be beautiful, extraordinary, remarkable? Who, who am I not to be great? Um, but the biggest thing and the most important aspect of that of that long quote was don't dull your own light or don't be afraid to let your own light shine so that others don't feel insecure around you because that's what I did a lot. I would dummy myself down. I would shrug my shoulders and hunch over and be smaller or dummy down my accomplishments or or not be as proud of myself as I truly deserved to be because I didn't want other people to feel insecure around me. And there's a very, very great, powerful thread of humility in that. But there's also a little bit of self-deprecating lack of lack of confidence, uh, lack of pride that can sometimes be your detriment. So Craig, I don't know which side you fall on by the by the sound of your your email here by the sound of your, your question and, and inquiry here that I really appreciate you kind of adding a lot to it. It sounds like you do the work. You're a, a guy that deserves to be followed. So in every scenario, just ask for wisdom. James one, five, he who lacks wisdom, pray for it and ask for it. And the Lord, your God will give it abundantly. Ask for wisdom in every single scenario and know whether or not you need to be a vocal leader in this scenario, or you need to just Show up, shut up, keep your nose to the grindstone and lead by example in another area. Um, but hats off to you for wanting to be a better man, to be a better man of faith, to be a better leader on your team, to come back from a UCL injury. Um, still got nine months of rehab. Actually, I don't know when this question came in. Maybe hopefully you're on the mend and you're getting close. Um, and uh, keep striving for, for to be a better version of yourself and the leader that you are supposed to be will continue to come out um, in every scenario. So uh, hats off to you, Craig, and to anybody out there who struggles with the same thing. Don't be afraid to let your own light shine because the chan- if, if you're operating with integrity and you're le- being le- if you're leading with love and you're leading with, a, with a good intentions, 99.9% of the time, you're not going to be rubbing people the wrong way. You're not going to be you're not going to be feeding people's insecurities. You're not going to be seen as cocky or seen as narcissist or seen as an a-hole. Um, 
if you are leading with love and you're leading with service. So um, just keep that in mind. And I hope that encourages people because I'm also trying to encourage myself because I, I too have had the same thought. I don't want to walk into a room, have people say, oh man, that guy's cocky. That was my biggest fear. That was my biggest, it was one of my biggest hurdles that I ever had to go through was, well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with being successful or being the the champion, being the, the celebrity, the platform, the rich guy, the this, the that. It's, it's almost like we want this accomplishment, but then some of us, some of us think, well, shoot, this accomplishment is now uncomfortable because now when I walk into a room, I don't want to be seen as the guy who can beat everybody up. I don't want to be seen as the guy who has more money than a lot of people. I don't want to be seen as the guy who has the most followers and all these different little things in today's society that we define as as happy, as significant, as platform. So um, just know the more successful you get, the more humility that you have to keep striving for. Um, so on to the next question from John. Next question from John. Hey, Michael, big fan here. Thanks for everything you're doing in MMA and the podcast and being a good example as a human being. I'm a 47-year-old guy who has been able to overcome a very bad drug and alcohol addiction and have been rebuilding my life for the last 17 years. With being a father and keeping myself mentally well for my career in suicide prevention, and the one challenge in my life has been being consistent with a physical health. I've tried everything from keto, fasting, to calories and ca- calories in, calories out, diets to lose an extra, the extra pounds. I by no means struggle with physical, with physical disease, but struggle to be consistent with my weight and exercise up and down on the scale, on and off in the gym. Do you have any suggestions on how to maintain a consistent motivation and a discipline when I don't want to? Thanks, John. Uh, well, John, um, number one, thank you for being very candid. Um, it is not easy for somebody to, to admit and write out to then be uh, read aloud to admit that they had a drug and alcohol addiction, um, and that you're rebuilding your life. Um, I, I see a lot of, and hear a lot of humility in this question, um, that you're able to admit that you're rebuilding your life for the last 17 years. So I would answer your question with a question of, Hey, John, if you were able to overcome drug and alcohol abuse, and if your life needed rebuilding and you've been rebuilding it for the last 17 years, which is a very, very long time. If you have dove into keto and calories in and calories out and fasting, if you are keeping yourself mentally and physically well for your career in suicide prevention, if you're doing all of these things, what aren't you capable of? If you have the capability to overcome a drug and alcohol addiction, take pride in that. That is very, 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 very hard. And a lot of people succumb to it. A lot of people just stay down that path and they never make a change and their life becomes in shambles because of it. But you were able to overcome it. And even when you did overcome it, you didn't just stay stagnant. You've been trying to rebuild your life for 17 years. And... Your physical health, your weight, um, your physical wellness is important to you. And you were created to be able to overcome these things. So I would venture to say that you have, your story has equipped you 
with the the type of discipline, the type of the type of self restraint, the type of power, and the type of courage to be able to reach any goal that you want to in life. Um, but as far as as far as actual, um, I guess, tangible suggestions, do you have any suggestions on how to maintain a consistent motivation and discipline when I don't want to? That is to be human, John. I know I've said that about sixteen times in this in this. Um, show today, but that is to be human. Even me as a professional athlete, where working out is my job and eating healthy is my job and supplementing correctly is my job and resting and recovering properly is my job. That's how I actually feed my family. Um, even for me, the motivation waxes and wanes. There's days where I wake up and don't want to go to the gym. There's days where I want to have a little bit of a break. Um, coincidentally, last night, I tried to push my workout to 8.30 just so I could drop half off and have like 20 or 30 minutes to myself. Jeremy said, no, 8.15. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll split in the middle. At least it's not 8. It's 8.15. You know, so we have, I have these little struggles in these little, these little day-to-day, uh, -day, moment by moment, event by event, workout by workout, little struggles, just like everybody else does. So I can get a little bit of time to myself so I can enjoy a little bit of a uh, moment of, of rest uh, instead of just going from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. Um, but the biggest thing is consistency is more important than motivation. Um, being able to accomplish the doing of something consistently leads to motivation. So we we think, especially in today's society where, you know, you can hop on and watch my workouts on on. Uh, Instagram, or you could be a part of our walk on fitness community. And you say, man, I saw this, this workout. It got me up, got me pumped up, motivated to, to go work out that motivation. We're constantly seeking it from external forces, from external ways. When really the motivation is internal, when really uh, the motivation and the yearning to be better is more internal than it is external. Um, so take pride in what you've accomplished thus far. Um, but consistency is more important than motivation. Can I make promises to myself and then keep them? Even if they're small promises. The problem, I won't say problem, but one of the one of the recurring themes in uh one of the recurring themes in a health and wellness journey, weight loss journey, um, whether you're trying to get jacked and lean and bodybuilder looking, or you're just trying to lose a bunch of weight and be quote unquote skinnier or thinner or whatever it may be, fat loss muscle building, um, or just overall health, all of that is one big bucket that we're trying to accomplish in something, the health and wellness journey. But the problem is sometimes that I see a recurring theme is we set these very, very lofty goals. John, I don't know what you weigh. I know you're 47 years old, but say it's your goal to lose 75 pounds. So the goal is to lose 75 pounds, but the problem is the journey to lose 75 pounds starts one pound and then a half a pound and then another pound and then another pound. So before you know it, it takes a very, very long time and it's a long process to lose those 75 pounds. So if we can just reverse engineer that and say, okay, what's going to get me to losing 75 pounds? Okay, well, maybe it's, maybe it's a 30-minute walk each day and maybe it's three days of lifting, resistance training. Maybe it's a treadmill, maybe it's a bike, maybe it's whatever it is, insert your thing here and then just make a plan that is achievable and then stick to it. 
So the problem is we're, we're, we underestimate what can be accomplished by doing a smaller plan for the greater good of the very large goal. So be okay with starting this journey or making a, a standard for yourself to say, hey, I'm going to work out three days a week. I'm going to lift weights or I'm going to do cardio. Or I'm going to do whatever it might be. I'm going to go to the CrossFit gym or I'm going to do yoga, whatever it might be. Make that simple plan. Stick to it for a couple of weeks. And as you expand your human, as you expand your abilities, and as you expand your motivation, because mo- motivation will most assuredly come because uh, motivation is a byproduct of consistency. Making a plan and sticking to it. I feel my most motivated when I am being my most consistent. In the life that I live with all the different businesses that I have and wife and kids and stuff outside of training and stuff outside of business, all of this big life that I live with this big wheel of my faith and my family and my physical fitness and my business adventures and my platform and the social media and then all these different things that we're trying to do, it's very, very complicated and it gets very, very sporadic. But I feel the most motivated, not when I'm just trying to throw a dart at a board and figure out where it lands. Okay, today we're doing a, a good job of, you know, hey, I'm going to get my workout in tomorrow or hey, I'm going to throw it in. Hey, and I'm, I'm, I throw it and it lands. I'm not going to work out tomorrow. I'm going to make sure I work on hiatus or I'll make sure I work out on cram or I'll make sure I work on this the investment side of my life. Be consistent, have a plan, write it down on Sunday and get through a week and be able to check off those boxes because you're not just checking off those boxes physically, you're checking off those boxes spiritually and you're proving to yourself that you are someone who can be relied upon. To increase your self-image, to increase your self-worth, you have to have a notion that you can be a person who is trustworthy. And if you can't be trusted to check off those boxes, then you're never, ever going to be able to continue to increase that self-image. So, um, John, I think um, it isn't necessarily about a specific diet, but it is about eating healthy. It is about supplementing correctly. It is about doing some sort of physical exercise, um, especially you here uh, saying, I by no means struggle with physical disease. And that is a huge, huge blessing. Use that as a motivator because you guys have heard me talk about that. I mean, just just the fact that I have two capable arms and two capable legs and I'm able to do what I do, I, I see that as a huge, huge blessing because millions of people cannot do, do what I do because they don't have a physical and well-enabled body or they have a diseased body or they have a, a, a body that is constantly in pain. So um, use that as a motivator and John, I hope that helps you. I hope that's help. Hopefully that helps anybody out there who uh, struggles with motivation. Think about motivation as something that comes and goes, but motivation is a byproduct of doing the right thing over and over again and being consistent. Next question comes from Anonymous. Hi, Michael. I really and truly appreciate your work. I am 27, 27, single as a Pringle depressed, hardly motivated and fit it and find it difficult to do even day-to-day stuff. For most of my life I've been abused really bad. I used video I used video game as an escape from my traumatic existence. I spent most of my life trying to impress my dad who gives me most of my bad memories. My high school sucks. The only good thing I got was was military training. College was decent, but it was depressing since I really wanted to carry the responsibility for my parents and little siblings. Every day goes by and it always seems hopeless trying to help help my parents 
especially. My room is filthy. My computer is hacked. Everything seems to be falling apart right now. Is there any hope? Is there anything left that I could do? Um, so that comes from anonymous. Um, well, there's a lot of things that you can do. Um, but there's a lot to, there is a lot to this message. Um, and anybody who hears me read this message, who's feeling sorry for yourself, go back and listen to that last 20 seconds. Um, and know that there's people out there who are going through a lot worse things than you're going through. Um, however, I will say from anonymous and I'm glad it's anonymous so I can speak freely to whoever this might be. Yes. You bring up abuse. Yes. You say you had a tough relationship with your dad who gave you a lot of bad memories. Um, but there's so many things in here that is stinking thinking that it, um, that can be helped and figured out by doing worth, doing work on your self-worth and work on yourself. Your high school doesn't sucks, doesn't suck. Um, that's your perception of it. Um, you use video games as an escape. That's a horrible way to escape things. You're single as a Pringle, probably because you're depressed, you're hardly motivated, and you find it difficult to even do day-to-day -day stuff. You were created to be able to do day-to-day -day stuff. As a matter of fact, you were created to do a lot more than day-to-day -day stuff. Are you depressed or are you admitting that you're depressed and you think you're depressed? Are you hardly motivated because you're depressed? A lot of these things compound on themselves. And a lot of times just writing down that my high school sucks. The only good thing you got was military training. College was decent, but it was depressing. So your room is filthy. Your computer is hacked. Everything seems to be falling apart. Well, everything seems to be falling apart because of depression. That is, and we must, I'm not, I would never, I would never diagnose or undiagnose somebody or telling somebody that they are depressed or not depressed or, I, or but I'm not going to sit here and say that every, every person that was, is quote unquote depressed is actually depressed because of some kind of chemical imbalance. It, a lot of depression is self-imposed. A lot of depression, I have gone through moments of self-worth and depression because I know I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. My self-worth is directly tied to the effort that I put in. In this life, you only get out of it what you actually put in. And if you wake up every morning wanting to play video games and say, today's going to be a bad day and high school sucked, college sucked, my relationship sucks, I'm single. I can't, I find it difficult to do even day-to-day -day stuff. All of that is a byproduct of the self-worth that you have. and. I'm not going to sit here and say that you don't deserve to feel sorry for yourself at times. I'm not going to sit here and say that life dealt you a bad hand and that your dad was a little bit too hard on you or your relationship with your mom or your relationship with a past girlfriend or a past boyfriend or a past whatever. Um, life happens and life sucks sometimes. It's okay to admit that. Even me as a positive person who has rose-colored glasses, I look at and I look at uh, every every glass as half full instead of half half empty. Life kicks you in the nuts sometimes, and life will beat you down, and it's something that you have to deal with, and it's something that you have to realize everybody's going through it. And quite frankly, as I just said to everybody else out there who just heard me listen, who just heard me write down or read this message. This person is going through probably a lot more, a lot worse things than you have to go through. So therefore, you should feel 
a little bit thankful that, well, it's kind of bad, but it ain't that bad. A lot of times things in life happen for you and not to you. And a lot of times things in life are, can be perceived by numerous different people. I guarantee that anonymous here, if there was someone else with a different from outside looking at the life of what they're actually going through, they would say, well, it's probably not as bad as he or, the, he or she thinks it is. Um, and I don't say that to come down on this person. I don't say that to, uh, to belittle this person. As I said, life sucks sometimes and life is hard. And life will kick you right in the gut. And it just depends on how you respond to it, um, how you respond to the things that happen to you in order to be able to get out of um, what you're going through. So there really wasn't a question here. Is there any hope? Of course there's hope. There's a lot of hope. Whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you've gone through, it it ain't as bad as what a lot of people have gone through and then found masses masses of amounts of success, contentment, peace, and joy. Is there anything left that you can do? Yeah. You can get off the video games. You can get off. You can get off your butt. You can go take a walk in the sun. You could serve somebody today. You can find worth by doing things that are ROI negative, and serving this world. Because what you get out of the, today and what you get out of this life is only what you put in. So, that's a. Uh, very tough one to uh to answer because uh man that's a a very very tough existence but you're created for a battle to fight an adventure to have and a beauty to win and you ain't going to get a battle to fight through video games you ain't going to get an adventure to have through video games and you definitely ain't going to find a beauty to win um unless you are continuing to be 10 toes down, standing on your own two feet, trying to accomplish the person that you want to become. Um, So best of luck to whoever that is and uh, best of luck in the future. I believe good things are going to happen. And uh, hopefully that person's life will be turned around. Next one is from Callum. Hi, Michael. Just wanted to say beforehand that I love your fights and wish you a lot of success in future fights. My name is Callum. I am 16 years old and started training in MMA around two years ago. When I st- and when I started training, I truly believed for the first time in my life that I could be the best at something and that I was meant to do this. However, because I've now fully thrown myself and invested myself into a sport I want to be the best in, I've had to say no. I've had to say no to social events with friends or even family in favor of training or working or working so I can continue to afford my gym membership. And because of this, I felt a lot more lonely than I'm when I'm off the mats because I do not have a chance to talk to a lot of people outside of the gym because it takes up all my time. I know you should always try to find a balance in life. However, when I love to do something, everything else sort of becomes blurred because I want to be the best version of myself. And as someone who is a family person, it hurts that it, that it feels like I can't see them as much. As an MMA fighter yourself and a, and a person who values family a lot, I thought you would be the best person to, to give thoughts and suggestions from. Thank you, Michael. And I do really think I'll see you at the top. Much respect from the UK. Well, Callum, that is a uh, decently long question. And I appreciate the details, but the answer is absolutely simple. If they don't, if they don't want to be along for the ride, 
and they want to put limits on you and they want to tell you you're a bad person for pursuing your passion and you don't go to the parties and you miss the birthday and you miss this and you miss that, heck them. Kick them out. See you later. Talk to you down the road. It's all good. Um, that's my very blunt answer. I, I lost so many relationships, so many friendships, missed so many parties and so many so many big events and and people's birthdays and all of these different things in life that people say and think are so dang important, man, aren't really that important, man. I grew up in a family where it seemed like they were having a party every single weekend to, 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 uh, to celebrate something when really, what are we celebrating? You know, it's like, don't feel bad ever about pursuing what you feel you are supposed to be doing and it fuels your soul and it makes you a better young man. Callum at 16 years old, it makes you tick. It makes you a better young man. It, it fulfills you. Life was created for you to become the best version of yourself. Yeah. It's about serving other people. And yes, it's about taking care of other people and leading with love. Cause you guys hear me talk about that, about that. But the only reason I've gotten to where I am today to where I can support and love and take care of other people and bless other people is because I was so dang selfish. In order to be selfless, to serve others, you must first become extremely selfish. If you aren't in line with believing in me that I'm doing what I want to do to become the man that I want to be, then maybe you're going to get left behind just like every single person from high school, a lot of people from college, everybody throughout the years, a lot of people in family. The most important thing in my life is me becoming the best version of myself, my wife, my two boys. Anybody else can kick rocks if they don't want to be a part of my journey. And that's how it is. Now, am I a bad person for doing that? Absolutely, to a lot of people. But that's their perception. Am I selfish? Absolutely, to a lot of people. Is that harsh? Absolutely. To a lot of people. But I don't think I'm selfish. I don't think I'm arrogant. I don't think I'm pompous. I don't think I'm a bad person. See, the problem is people give up on their dreams and they want you to give up on yours to then validate the fact that they gave up on their dreams. You put in the work, so they want to criticize you because it makes them feel better about the work that they haven't put in. You have a goal and you don't waver from that goal. So then other people criticize you for being too focused on that and not focused on the other things that they want you to be focused on. Callum, don't let people put you into a box. If you're working hard, if you're doing the right thing, if you're operating with integrity, if you can say, hey, I'm a pretty dang good dude. I'm not perfect, but I'm pretty dang good. I can be relied upon and I want to do this thing, go do it. And anybody else who falls by the wayside and ends up becoming not part of your life, they weren't supposed to be a part of your life for the long haul anyway. That's my two cents. Callum, I appreciate you, man. I You got me freaking pumped up, man, because I love that you, that you want to ask this question. And I don't think you were really asking because you were going to go one way or the other. I don't think you were asking the question because maybe if I gave you a, the opposite answer, you'd be like, yeah, you know what? I should just give up on this thing and just start working out less and pursuing it less and probably spend more time with 
these people who want me to spend more time with them. No. You weren't asking because you were going to go that way. You were waiting for me to give you validation that says, you know what? I'm standing here 10 toes down, confident in myself, and I am proud of the work that I am putting in, and I have a passion for what I'm doing. I have goals for what I'm doing, and I have a a shooting star that I have hitched my life to, and I'm going in that direction. And if everybody else gets left behind, they get left behind. Proud of you, Colin. And I'm proud of anyone else who has been asking this question in their own mind, and they hear me say this, and this was validation for them. Heck them. Proud of you, Colin. Next question, and the last question. Rafe. Hey, Mike, or hey, Mike, my name is Rafe. I'm 24 years old from Indianapolis, Indiana. I just wanted to start off by saying thank you for doing this series. I discovered it and what seems like at what seems like the perfect time as I've been dealing with a lot this last month and listening to your advice and positive mindset has been extremely beneficial for me trying to stay positive. I don't want to eat up time and, and, and with too much detail, so I'll try to keep it short. This last month, I've dealt with multiple losses of family members and the diminishing of my relationship to the point where I don't know what the future holds. I guess I'm just starting to feel lost. I've been sticking to my routine and what what I need to do to keep myself sane, diet, exercise, boxing, but I can feel the hardship approaching and am mentally battening down the hatches for what is next. I live with my significant other right now. Our lease is up in three months, and I can't say I'm confident the relationship will, will continue after that as the conversations I've tried to start about it have led to nowhere. I've dealt with all of this before and I can get through it again, but I cannot let myself slip into habits my younger self maintained. Constant drinking, drugs, no job, just general teenage degenerate lifestyle. I guess I'm asking for advice on maintaining the progress I've achieved. I feel like I'm starting to be the man I would like to be, but can feel the possibility of backsliding rapidly approaching. Thanks again, Mike, for all that you do. Best of luck in the McGregor fight. I am actually saving for tickets in the hopes that it will be my first live UFC event as I've been a Connor fan since high school and have become a huge fan of yours since the UFC in 2020, UFC debut in 2021. I have no doubts it will be the one for the history books. Stay safe and stay positive, Rafe. Well, Rafe, um, Number one, I am sorry for your loss. Um, you said you've lost a couple family members recently, uh, which definitely is a a tough, tough thing to go through that can make you backslide, that can make you question things, that can make you fall into um, moments of feeling sorry for yourself. And I'm not going to sit here and say that you don't deserve to feel sorry for yourself because it is very, very tough when you lose a family member. You know, I think sometimes when people hear me answer these questions, sometimes it sounds contradictory, right? Because I while I talk about, well, accountability and, and this book behind me, James Allen, As a Man Thinketh, all of this book is all about accountability. This book is about the Calvary isn't going to come save you. This book is about it's on you. The success that you have or the success that you don't have is on you. Stop blaming everyone else. Your thoughts become your actions. Your actions become your life. They hear me say that, but in the same breath, I could say, hey, Rafe, that's very tough. It's okay to take a moment to feel sorry for yourself, right? You got 24 hours in a day, you got seven days in a week, you got 52 weeks in a year, um, 12 months in a year is a lot of time if you look at a year. As long as you have more moments that you're moving forward, 
where you're trying to create something, where you're trying to move toward a goal, as long as you have a lot more moments of those than you do have moments of feeling sorry for yourself, then you're going to be fine. But it's okay to take a moment and feel sorry for yourself. Have a moment of sadness. Have a moment of remorse. Have a moment of of uh, mel- melancholy. Um, so I'm sorry for those losses, and I'm sorry that it sounds like this relationship is going to come to an end, um, or at least you think it is. By the time this this show gets aired, uh, we will see, you know, where your relationship is. Um, but the biggest thing that I want to take away here, or the biggest takeaway I want you to have, Rafe, and everyone else. If you remember back in the first or second or third question here, we talked about that story, the lie, the fallacy, the uh, the uh, the story that was told to ourselves that was a that was untrue, the untruths. So, Rafe, back when you were a, in your words, constant drinking, drugs, no job, just general TJ teenage degenerate lifestyle. Um, which I got a little bit of chuckle, you know, general teenage degenerate lifestyle. It's okay to have a little bit of fun and and be a degenerate, you know, so you can then mature. But the story was, okay, last time something bad happened, I went into drugs and job, no job and drinking and being a degenerate. But that's the old story of who you were when you were younger. It's not who you are. It was a season of your life. That was the way that you dealt with things in that season of your life. But now you're a different person, a new creation. You've done a lot of work on yourself. Um, Like you said, like you were talking about being in shape and working out and doing your boxing. These are all things that you're doing now that you didn't do back then. So that story, that lie that was told, or the lie is being told right now that when this happens now, you're going to fall back into that stuff. And that's just not true. It's just simply not true. People can change and they can change dramatically and they can grow and they can grow dramatically. And Rafe, I'm proud of you for um, being open about this and being realistic that I need to be self-aware right now that when this happens or if it happens, this non-renewal of this relationship or the non-renewal of this this lease that then may lead to the separation of you and your significant other, it, it's uh it's very, very good self or self-awareness. So the advice for maintaining the progress you've achieved, well, you've already achieved it. And it's up to you whether or not you backslide. It really is. It's it's as simple as that. You know, I was talking to a friend recently who had just gone through a, a a breakup of a very, very long relationship. The most important thing that you can do is be able to stand on your own two feet, confident in the person that you are to, to then get to the next level of where you want to go. Um, whether you are with or not with a person, you know, this old fallacy of, Hey, it takes uh, two people to become a hundred percent, a whole person. And that's simply not true. I don't think, I think you need to be a hundred percent confident in who you are and happy with yourself and happy with what you bring to the table. And then the other person can be a hundred percent themselves. And then you together make something magical and make something great. It's not you trying to find another person to then fill the void for you to become the person that you want to become. Now, I'm not saying that my wife doesn't make me a better person because she absolutely does. I'm not saying that that 
she doesn't fill voids in my life. It's not, I'm not saying that I haven't become a better human being because I've now with her and now we get to share our life together. All of that stuff is true. But, um, when we found each other, we were going too complete soul focused on our, on our task at hand, her in medicine, me in fighting. And, uh, we were chasing those dreams and then we found each other and worked out pretty darn good. And it's still working out phenomenally together. Um, so with that, um, talking about that on the relationship side of things, but, um, but yeah, you're not going to backslide if you choose not to backslide. You're not going to stay, take steps backwards if you choose not to take steps backwards. You are going to continue in the forward trajectory if you continue to stay consistent and stay diligent with the small things. So, Rafe, I hope that answers your question. Um, thank you for your kind words and thank you to uh, anybody and everybody who sent in questions today. Uh, we're going to keep on doing these. And, uh, Today was a good episode because there was a lot of uh there was a lot of uh dichotomy between and disparity between the types of questions that we were able to answer. So um I like when I can kind of go deep and I like when we can stay kind of just more surface level when it comes to just the physical training and the diet and the exercise and that kind of stuff and the hard hitting ones and the anonymous ones. So um I appreciate you guys for being with me on this journey. Thank you for sending in your questions. Keep sending in multiple questions. Um, we're going to keep on getting to these. We're going to keep on doing these episodes. Um, send this episode to a friend. If you think any of these words or any of this walk on wisdom can help them in something that they're going through and uh, send your questions into podcast at michaelchandler.com and onward and upward. Life is going to keep on getting better for he or she who believes it will. Uh, for he or she who keeps on hitching their dreams to a shooting star and to he or she who who operates with integrity, surrounds himself with the best people possible and works extremely hard. So thank you guys for being on this journey with me. I love you guys. God bless. I'll see you at the top.